You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Hey guys, welcome to the Buns Podcast. The interview this week is with Jamin and Alyssa. Jamin works at Buns and uh, Alyssa is training to be a midwife, but I'll get into that, the interview portion. How's your week going? Trade's been good? How's the app treating you? Everything everything working out well? I haven't had a... Uh, a lot of trades lately. I've been uh, recording way too many shows. I hope you guys have been listening. Podcast.buns.com. Checking out uh, some of the new shows, Pixels and Ink, and all that stuff. Uh, but let's look at what you've been up to. Time for this week in Buns. Hey guys, welcome to This Week in Buns. How's it? Uh, how's it sounding? Sounding out there? Just got a whole new setup, new microphones and stuff. So hopefully it doesn't sound like shit. Hopefully uh, you guys are enjoying the uh, podcast so far. This is a special one, though. Episode fifty-two. Woo! Also, I'm back in Toronto. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Live what? and in the flesh. One year. Not that it really makes a difference if you're listening to the podcast where I am, but. Yeah, but now we won't be like interrupting each other. That's as true. Much. I can look you in the face and see that you're about to say something. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, one year. That's so crazy, right? Does it feel like a year? Not really. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say because I feel like I've been doing it forever, but it also feels like not that long ago. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about what's going on this <clears throat> week. In buns. More like the last two weeks in buns because I was um, out of normal countries and did not have a microphone with me. I was like in Panama. Yeah, it's been it's been tough. And I've been putting up uh, other shows to try and get them some some notoriety and been busy with some other stuff. Got some exciting stuff coming down the pipe. I'm interviewing this week for the Crystal Ballroom, although I don't know when the episode will go up. Biff Naked. But oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I loved her in like grade eight and yeah, nine. At least I saw her live at like Edgefest in BC. In, there you go, in, like nineteen ninety eight or nine or something. You know she great. had cancer and she wrote a what? book and all this stuff. That. Yeah, it's crazy. But she's great. Well, you'll find her. out all about it on uh, the Crystal Ballroom. If you guys haven't heard it, go to podcast.buns.com <laughs> and check it out. All right, start us off. What do you got? Um, okay, well, I usually like to start the show with any lost items just so people hear them first. Um, and if they've seen them, they can, uh, you know, they can like actually respond to these posts. Yeah. So I'm going to start with a missing person, um, which this was posted June 7th. Uh, it's Kenneth Petals, who is 72. Um, he was this person put this up and said like my apologies because I don't know anything other than this poster um, that was in their local coffee shop Uh, but the staff said that like his daughter had just brought these in and they're worried uh, because this lovely old gentleman has medication he needs to be on and he's missing and um, this post has not been updated so as far as we know it I mean obviously this post hasn't been updated because this person doesn't actually know the missing person um so maybe he has been found but if just in case it's his name is kenneth Petal. he's a lovely old man he has glasses and he's bald uh he's 6'3 200 pounds white short hair um go take a look at the photo on this post i will make sure to actually post the links on Ben's podcast on this week uh so you can see it and hopefully hopefully he's found already and we just don't know do we know if he's uh coherent Um, it does not say on the poster that they posted. Uh, It just said any with information is asked to contact the police, uh, like their non-emergency line or Crime Stoppers anonymously. Right, right. Um, he was last seen in the Jarvis and Wellesley Street East area. So if you're kind of in that neighborhood, maybe keep a lookout. Um, we also have a missing kitty 
who this also has not been updated. <laughs> so oh. I think this cat might still be missing. You said a bad word. The Sorry, dog did the not dog like got that. mad about the, <laughs> the lost cat. Um, so Lindsay posted, hey, people, um, my cat is missing and has been gone since Saturday. This was posted June 8th. His name is Rigby. He's pretty big. He looks a little chubsy in the photo and he's adorable. Um, he is a gray sort of stripey tabby guy. He responds to calls and whistles and is really friendly. So if you see him, he should be like kind of easy to get to come over to say hi and like scoop him up. He's a gray tabby with a purple bow tie collar um, that seems to have a tag on it. So perhaps it says... Uh, Rigby on it um, she will trade you lots of stuff if you find him they live around Harvard and Crawford so if you live in that area please keep an eye out for Rigby I do not believe he's been found yet despite there's like a hundred comments on this and bumps and stuff so hopefully the cat will come back um, or hopefully one of you guys have seen him please take a look at this post and let them know well speaking of cats Ooh. Uh, Callie not you <laughs> Do they spell it the same? No, no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. K A L I. Then we're fine. Oh, yeah, that's like the goddess. Uh, oh yeah. Posted. Uh, oh, it was kind of. I don't know if. So I know that you saw this, but uh, you out there, I don't know if you saw this. There was a post in the Buns Trading Zone that said, "Anyone have a lead for a window air conditioner? This little bean is overheating." And it was a picture of a very cute cat. And the post very quickly got shut down. <laughs> by the admins stating that it wasn't a trade post and i don't know that's a little bit questionable but you know it's important the admins do their adminning so whatever i mean to be fair it didn't say iso sure but it, it could or couldn't have been a trade but, but yeah that, obviously someone was like hey i have an air conditioner they would have been like cool let's trade for it yeah but cali posts does anyone else feel like the the consistent shutting down of anything that isn't strictly trade is getting aggressive and excessive like, I get that we're here to trade and the helping zone exists, but this immediate shutting down feels not in the spirit of buns. Also, this person was clearly looking to find an air conditioner to trade and just didn't specifically use the term ISO, and it goes on and on and on. Now, I mean, my feelings on the post, I'm going to keep to myself, but I do think it's interesting because there is a sort of a debate going back and forward on yeah, this hot, thread hot debate <laughs> right which i think is really interesting and i think it's kind of important that people kind of uh, debate whether or not these sorts of things <laughs> should be allowed and i hope that an admin is following it or a series of admins are following it and kind of let the people be heard because if the vast majority says ah fuck it let, let's allow these things then why not just allow them you know i think that um the app exists and it has yeah. a training zone and helping zone and all this stuff and a lot of clear cut lines. And, you know, if people uh, feel that the line should be blurred a little bit more on Facebook, why not just... Yeah, if people really want trades only, like there is an app, yeah. like majority of it is for that. Right. Although, I mean, that being said, if people decide on Facebook that they'd rather only hear about trades and none of this other stuff, I think that should be allowed too. I just mean that... I'm glad that serve the audience. Yeah, I'm glad this post exists and people are allowed to debate it. So I suggest that you check out the podcast zone, click on the link and give your opinion. Well, we had a lot of hotly debated posts this week. But Tell before me. that, I'm going to go into that. I just have one more um, item that was actually found uh, on a bench near Maitland, near church. It's a car house garage keys. And it's like the expensive things that suck to replace like the clicker to open your car with which are like a hundred dollars or more sometimes yeah, um, yeah like their car key their house key and like a building fob um so this uh this keychain this person has covered up two keychains that are on it that are very identifying so they i'm sure they like say like california or whatever like they're the keychains that you can like tell them to let them know that it's actually yours right. so if you lost uh keys to your like car garage etc on maitland near church somebody in the comments uh said that it's a nissan fob 
um, that's on there for the car. Actually, yeah, now I can see the logo. So if you've lost the keys to your Nissan, um, hit up Ali. This was posted in the main trading zone um, and message them and let them know what the keychains are that they're covering up so that they know it's yours. Um, well, so yeah. Oh, wait. So what? there is actually one more <laughs> oh, really? lost and okay. found post, right? Um, although it was lost and found, but there somebody found a memory card full of so many beautiful, well, memories, I guess. Yeah, like uh, 700. A bunch of family photos and, you know, uh, cute kids playing with each other, parents, grandparents, all this stuff, <clears> and <throat> wanted some help locating the owner, posted mm -hmm. it on Craigslist, made it a public post. Apparently, City News picked it up. Mm -hmm. And through the help of City News and hopefully Buns, they were able to locate the family which is really cool yeah so good on you guys yeah so many photos and they're actually there's the pictures of some of the photos and they're pretty cool they're all like from the 70s and 80s so they like have real photos that have been digitized um so let's get to those debates yeah let's because uh, there were some hot ones um first and foremost hold on let me find it of course i know i can't find them uh -oh. okay buns shoes on or off at home What's your Which, take? Off, because we're in Canada. <laughs> That's like what we do here. Uh, in America... Which uh, no one takes their shoes off in the house, and it drives me crazy. Cause really, your dirty shoes are now on my floor, and my floor is now dirty. <laughs> but when pe the people who live there, do they take their shoes off? They must. I mean, it depends. Sometimes they don't. Okay, so growing up, when you watch TV shows, people will often not take their shoes off. And it'll be like the character laying on their bed with their shoes on. And I was always like, this is so dumb. Yeah, that's Nobody weird. does this in real life. What the hell? And then I realized people do, people it. do it in real life. They're just Americans. Sorry, yeah. I'm like getting I'm so mad about it. <laughs> I mean, but like, why are your shoes in your bed? Don't do that. What are you yeah. doing? Take those off. I'm a shoes off <laughs> kind of guy mostly. But if you're just like, you know, if I'm if I'm on my way out the door, I got my shoes on, then I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot my bag or something. I'll like run into the house. I won't take my shoes off. I'll grab my bag and then leave. But if I'm if I'm at home or somebody else's house for any extended period of time, shoes off. All the time, like my friends will come over to my, our apartment in California and leave their shoes on the entire time they're there. And I'm always them? I'm kind of like, ah, but then I just don't want to like like make a big deal out of it so i won't say anything <laughs> but it like makes my eye twitch just get a bunch of guest slippers and be like we're trying a japanese thing out here so <laughs> if you could take your shoes off and switch to these slippers uh so yeah this post you know what guys this is in helping zone and like i it would be really cool you can make a poll on facebook so people can click the answer and then you can really see the um the general consensus without having to read all 176 comments most people are saying off, but again, this is in Canada. Right. Literally everyone is like, uh, I actually haven't seen a single person yet that said on. So what other what other hot debates we got going uh, on? I think we've decided shoes off. Yeah, yeah. Um, curious buns here, Selena posts. How much do you guys pay for rent? Which is always a hot topic in uh -oh. any major city, but especially Toronto lately because things I think have gotten ridiculous. Give me some highlights. So it's like people <clears throat> and people, it's actually kind of cool to see because people are like listing um, how much after rent and utilities for like a small bedroom. So like 1700 for a small one bedroom by Trinity Bellwoods or like 1800 plus utilities for a three bedroom, two floors, large private backyard, two car garage, two washrooms and laundry in the junction. Holy so obviously shit. the junction's like a little cheaper. Um, okay, but it's actually so kind of interesting to see like... Bedroom in my house. I have a guest bedroom that we're not using. Anyone yep. want to rent it for like 1200 bucks? <laughs> it's a decent sized house. We got a decent you backyard. You are not near Trinity Bellwoods. Nice try though. Well, twice at 1200. <laughs> I'm not near Trinity Bellwoods. Okay, but then there's also people that have like really good deals. Like people that have like uh, like 850 oh, in, with free laundry uh, and an internet like also i think for free and then but then it's things. like for a small kind of dark but new and clean bachelor at coxwell and danforth so it like it varies widely i think a lot of people were surprised at how cheap um some people have places for but it also depends on how long you've been living there 
or if you manage to find someone who's been living somewhere for a really long time and you move in as a roommate and then they move out yeah. you keep the same rent and it's rent controlled they can only raise it like a certain percentage per year right right so those are kind of gems uh diamonds in the rough i think yeah uh so this post was interesting um and then the other <laughs> the other one um the uh, the posts on buns that are toronto is a very um bike and car Here both city <laughs> yeah and so any post involving people debating bikers v cars in any capacity are always like hotly hotly debated um so this one originally was somebody posting a picture from probably their apartment because it's a high up view of a light and a cop giving out tickets to bikers who'd been running a red light at college in borden uh and so it's like cop alert remember me i'm back and the cop is back too iso a fine here you go college in borden just bike through the red light and you're in luck just for the record, I'm quite happy he's there. We've seen cyclists hitting kids at this crossing, which is fucked up, let me just say. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and so, yeah, there's like a lot of like car versus cycling debates, blah, blah, blah in the comments. Like the usual, I'm sure you can all imagine what it is. I'm just going to say, how about nobody break the rules of the road? Yeah, I'm mostly a cyclist, um, especially because my car was stolen a couple of years ago in Toronto. So I definitely don't drive in Toronto at all. Yeah. But even as a cyclist, like don't run a red light unless it's 4 a.m. and there's literally no one on the street and you've looked everywhere. That's fine. Like you do you. It's late at night. Nobody cares. Um, or if you're biking down a street and there's a light where it's not a four way through I don't even know how to describe this, but like... Like a T, right? Yeah, like a T shape. <clears throat> so the light is for the cars that are going to be turning left or right. And if you're just biking past them, to me, that doesn't really matter because there's literally no way you can be in anybody's way. You're just like over on the side and the cars are turning anyway. Yeah. There's no way like they're like they... You're going to be in the way of the car. That's fine. But like I've literally seen people go through red lights at like the most downtown intersections in the day when it's busy and almost get hit. Yeah. And to me, that's like unfathomable. So, Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, I, th I think I'll just say that like, yeah, if you if you uh, are a cyclist and you get a ticket or a driver and you get a ticket, it means you broke the rules. So like, regardless, I think you just got to have to suck it up and live I with it. I will roll through a stop sign if I can clearly see there's no one there waiting. If a car's there before me, though, I will stop for them. Yeah. I mean... Whatever. I just think that like if you end up get if you end up with a ticket, it's probably because you broke the rules. Yeah. Cyclist or driver, you just kind of charge that one to the game. But speaking of hot things, <laughs> I mean, from hot debates to hot bods. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this. It's not specifically with hot bods, and I know that you have a hot bod post, but Oliver posts buns with cool dads. I'm creating a Father's Day window display. Uh, on Queen, the idea is to celebrate fatherhood by putting a bunch of old, cool pics of dads um, on the entire front of the store. But mostly of my friends' dads uh, didn't look very cool in their younger days, so I'm reaching out to you. Uh, if you've got cool, dumb, hilarious photos of your dad, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, he wants them essentially. Uh, and then there's an edit. He's saying, you know, make sure you have permission. Uh, edit number two, thank for all the submissions, and then edit number three, a link to to the display. But it starts. Ooh, I haven't seen that yet. It starts off. The dads are up with a hot bodied. I know he's dad. amazing. And you know what? I don't know where they got that photo. It might just be an internet photo. Um, but people have obviously saved this photo because I've seen it now posted on a couple of other buns threads, which yeah. is amazing. Well, I want to believe it's Oliver's dad. I hope so. Me too. Um, I tried to submit my dad to this, um, but. By the time I had messaged this person, they were like, and it wasn't even that long after the post. It was like a few hours, I think. They were like, oh, yeah, we have, like, we got enough submissions and I sent them to printers already. And I was like, wah, wah. <laughs> well, he was probably in a rush, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So why don't you tell me about your hot bod post? Well, 
Alexandra was ISO dude buns with hot buns. Um, the, the post says, do you want to be a top less model for a digital series that will be broadcast nationally? Must be free Friday, June 6th before 8 p.m. Uh, oh, sorry, 16th before 8 p.m. Must be comfortable topless and or in briefs. We will share the photos with you for your Tinder slash Grindr accounts. PM for more details. And then the photo they posted is of like a super ripped chiseled dude with zero body hair pouring milk down his chest um so yeah the comments on this were pretty hilarious actually somebody here look somebody posted the hot dad in the, in the comments of this like are you looking for dads and then yeah. posted the hot dude which was great um some of the comments on this are hilarious someone says i think this is the milkshake that kelly's was talking about all the time um but yeah, this one was pretty funny. I don't know what they're using this for, but yeah. I well, think that's I got... it for our hot. Oh no, I got hot... one more. Oh really? One more, <laughs> somewhat hot bod. Post. All right, all right. I have the gayest merman Christmas ornament up for trade. <laughs> what? <laughs> it is also extremely rare and selling for two hundred and forty dollars on what? Amazon. Oh my god, I did not see this post. I'm looking for gift cards or tokens, and it is a shirtless merman. Uh, with a hot bod. Why, why does it look like he's wearing a belt? I think he is wearing a belt. Why would a... Oh, yeah, he has, like, cuffs and a belt on. Since when do mer people have belts? Well, Aquaman had a belt and... and yeah, uh, but he's a superhero. All the superheroes have belts. He also has a, a chain and a plaid shirt. I don't Good know... God, he has, like, a, a plaid, like, sh sleeveless vest yeah. <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. Who's dressing this merman? Yeah, I don't know. He needs to find a girlfriend or or significant I, other with style. I was going to say, <laughs> I thought he was gay. Well, they said he was gay. I don't assume gender or sexuality. Fair enough. N yes, I do. <laughs> um, okay, well, yeah, I'm kind of done with the hot bod post. Oh, wait, I have a good segue. Oh. Um, We've got a butt plug. <laughs> Speaking of hot bods. Like you um, and I? It's already, <laughs> well, on buns, yeah. On the main trading zone, uh, Lewis posted. It's already pending trades, so you're out of luck with this one, folks. But the post just says, they sent two, but I don't need two. ISO creative trades, B-U-T-T. Um, the comments on this were hilarious. I need one 20 times bigger. What an oddly shaped infant soother. Um, I'm trying to think of a creative trade, but needless to say, my creativity is plugged. How does it uncork wine without a metal tip? <laughs> um, yeah, oh, come on. The dad, I, sorry, I love a dad joke. Um, no, I, I'm actually into it. But yeah, that, that was a that was pretty, pretty good one. I thought that was funny. Well, I've got another body related post. All right. Uh, Fion, I want to say F-I-O-N. It's a cool you? name. Uh, Fion? Fion uh, is a stick and poke tattoo artist. Mm -hmm. Artist singular for some reason I can't speak today uh, has done 396 so far since April 2016 and is looking for more people to do some tattoos on. Put up a few designs and wants to trade for stick and poke tattoos. Cool. Uh, I always like this sort of stuff because uh, I think it's very creative, bun sort of. Uh, you know, it's art related, but it's also Bun sort of trading their uh, Skillshare. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm always down for that sort of thing. I know that people are concerned with uh, sometimes concerned with hygiene and that sort of stuff. And I'm sure that uh, if you would were to go forward, I would ask for references from people and just make sure that everything's uh, all good. But yeah, keep, and like sterile and stuff. Keep trading, <laughs> keep trading your skills, man. I'm I'm down for it. If I wasn't going to Japan to get a tattoo, I would uh, definitely hit you up. Speaking of Skillshare trades, oh, uh, Catherine is ISO someone to shave my fat potato birdie, aka the birds, um, which is her fat cat. <laughs> oh. I like that she refers to her cat as her fat potato. Uh, there's also a picture of this cat. Like sitting like a human, all chubby, and it's adorable. Um, so due to her tiny legs and pleasantly plump body, uh, she came like this. She often has trouble cleaning herself. 
And I'm looking for a human who has experience shaving slash grooming cats, as she is also scared of everything under the sun except for the confines of the apartment. Willing to offer baked goods, gift cards, or anything you're interested in, let me know. Um, there's actually literally the first comment is from a professional groomer who's mobile um, and will come right to her floof. So hopefully cutie little fat potato <laughs> birdie um, is is nice and shaved by now because this was June 1st. Yeah, uh, I would like someone to come shave me next, please. <laughs> I am sweating Koji's profusely. House is hot. Yeah, so either you can... Uh, I can trade you something for an entire body shave, or <laughs> if there's somebody out there that installs wax. Uh, that lasts longer. ductless AC, I will mm. also trade you money to put an AC into my home because it is hot as fuck. Okay, so one of the last posts I have, not the last post, but one of the last posts I have that has nothing to do with anything that we've talked about, which is a perfect segue because it is posted by everyone's favorite, Don. Uh, you know Don, the uh, ham guy. Oh yeah. He uh, also directed. <laughs> I mean, all not the by name, but yes, by trade. Video. Don Giroux. Mm -hmm. I use his full name because it's not actually his name. Oh. Uh, I actually he I, I interviewed him for the show, and he spilled the beans on what his name was, and I bleeped it because <laughs> you know I know that's important. But uh, he has five eight foot tall wall hanging projector screens that he has inherited. That's a lot. Yeah. I don't even know what you would do with more than one, but uh, they're taking up space. So if anyone is interested, he is looking for a trade. Uh, if you are an individual that wants one, uh, you're gonna have to trade him some good shit, he says, because these are worth like 200 bucks a pop. So don't offer me any sucker trades or I'll block you. <laughs> these screens are dope. I just don't need five. I mean, who does? I got 10 more in storage if people want. What? Yeah. <laughs> Plenty <laughs> to go around. I'm not kidding. This picture is one I got off Google, but the projector screens are real, I assure you. <laughs> uh, if you know Don, you know that his tone is probably joking, but the items are for real. So uh, if you need screens, hit him up, but no sucker trades or he'll block you. Um, okay, so I've got another funny post. Um, Adriana posts. My roommate, who does all the cooking, abandoned me to go to Italy for two weeks, and I don't know what to do with these giant green onion-looking things. Do you know how to do a thing with them? Cool. Please come pick these up in the St. Clair Bathurst area. ISO, a fruit you have chilling on your countertop. I like citrus. Or just come take this and send me a food selfie. Cool? Cool. And then it's a photo of four leeks. Um, and everyone in the comments thought it was really funny that she referred to them as giant green onion looking things and didn't know what a leek was. Mm. Um, and I don't know if she actually didn't know what a leek was or uh, didn't know what a leek was for comedic effect, but it definitely worked. Um, and in the comments, like there are a bunch of like gifs of people like there's like an anime character twirling a leek. There's people telling her what they are and how to use them. And there's a lot of really amazing leak puns happening. Yeah. Um, somebody actually got them like, <laughs> and then posted in all caps. I have the leaks now. I will make a soup. Because uh, everyone in the comments was saying to make a soup. But a lot of people were saying like, looks like you've got a leak. And then somebody else suggested nice. that she take them to a friend's house, uh, like to a party unbeknownst and then put them in the sink and do the like you have a leak in your sink and she was like maybe i will do that <laughs> uh so some dumb posts some dumb dumb that's dad jokes some, that's some pun in here. zone stuff going yeah, on there. for real um i was i was really excited to see that oh she also posted then in the comments um a picture of some uh radishes in a bag with the caption i also have but have a bunch of these weird strawberry things <laughs> nice um so yeah, that that post was uh, pretty hilarious. That brought me a lot of joy midweek. Um, and then, did you see the Pikachu cake? I did. It's actually I pretty did. amazing. Um, so Shy posted. I also thought this post was funny. Um, do you need a Pikachu cake for your kid or someone's kid or some random kid? Maybe you don't need this for a kid. Maybe it's just for you on a Friday night. No one is judging. 
well, guess what? You're in luck. I could tell you a backstory, but I'm not in the mood. This is a layered chocolate cake with buttercream, freshly baked. Tell me what you want to trade, and it's yours. Um, and it's a really cute, it's like a giant Pikachu face. Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, well done. Well done, sir. I, I mean, think I, it's gone already, which is sad. This was only a couple days ago. But. I'm more of a cake fan than I am a Pokemon fan, but uh, I appreciate good art. Uh, so I have only have one more post for us. Okay. And it is from... Uh, well, Wait. Is it, the, like, is it our like main post of the week? I guess so. Because if so, let me slide in right before we do that. Let's oh, do yeah. that one last. Um, because I just thought this was kind of cool. <clears throat> um, Breton posted... Um, ISO, here's one you don't get every day. ISO, a photographer to photograph my birth. Having our baby naturally at the Toronto Birth Center and I'm due September 28th, would love to document it from start to finish. Um, and I was like, oh, like what an interesting and kind of weird trade. And then like one of the first few comments um, was like, I have attended and photographed a birth and it was incredible. Like, hope you find someone. Oh, um, but yeah. So she like kind of immediately found somebody to do it, which I thought was cool. And it was just kind of like, you really can find anything on buns. Well, speaking of finding anything on buns. Uh, Jason posts. These are actually two posts, series of two posts. But uh, there was a user on Buns who was looking <clears throat> for a special Xbox controller because of a hand injury, only allowing him to play Xbox with one hand. Uh, the controller itself, though, is very expensive and kind of rare. So uh, when I first saw the post, I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to find this on Buns. And they didn't find it on Buns, but what they did do is find a bunch of people on Buns who pitched in to help buy the controller. So nice. Yeah. This and, post was so heartwarming. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then they they wrote a card, and everyone who pitched in uh, signed their name to it. And good for you guys. Yeah, so... I didn't um, think it was going to happen. But I, uh, you proved me wrong yet again. Justin is the one who set up the whole thing and in the comments of the original one was like hey i don't have one but maybe if like a few people would pitch in we can buy you one it was like if 10 people give like 20 bucks we can get this for you and then a bunch of people commented saying that they would help out <clears throat> and they did um and jason ended up posting uh in the comments of his original post Hey guys, I'm sincerely overwhelmed by your generosity and support. I feel kind of bad considering I could buy a controller myself, but figured I would try to get one used. And then he ended up getting a new one anyway. So he said, as a result, I will be making a donation to the War Amps on behalf of the Buns community. It's really amazing that Buns allows people to band together and make something truly awesome happen. Thanks for all the bumps and support along the way. Um, and actually, something that was really cool is that a guy named John <clears throat> in the comments uh, was like, I just wanted to say how awesome everyone is. I work at Microsoft and was trying to see if the Xbox team could get Jason one of these controllers, but I under underestimated how kind and fast Buns reacts to help others, much faster than corporate communication channels. You guys are all amazing and make me proud to live in this city and be part of a community. Um, and then he mentioned in the comments that um, he was trying to convince someone at work to build a custom controller for someone with no right hand. Whoa. So that would be really cool um, if somebody at Microsoft via John could actually make a controller for somebody who only has their left hand left. Um, and yeah, so I guess he's kind of working on it. And I, I commented and told him to keep me updated if this actually ever happens. So yeah. we may in the future have an update for you. We'll see. Um, but that I thought that was really cool. And then, yeah, super nice to see that like the two guys, um, like the original poster, Jason and Justin, who was the one who like collected all the donations and actually brought him, they like posted the photo together and it's like very cute. <laughs> yeah, it is very cute. And I may be sitting down and talk with them at some point cool. soon about that all would this. Be a so. great, that would be a great interview. Yeah. Anyway, I think that it makes up this week or two weeks or in three. buns, <laughs> and it also makes up this first year in buns. Woo! How do how do you feel a year in? Um, I feel like it's been kind of a roller coaster, <laughs> as buns always is. Um, we've had 
Diva Cup debates and sex toys and hilarious posts and heartwarming posts. And people over-ordering food. Oh, or my just favorite. One, just one person, really. <laughs> just one person always over-ordering food when she's drunk. Um, but honestly, like, I kind of just want to give a shout-out to Toronto and the power of Canadians. Um, I, I Buns is available all over the world, but... From what I've seen, it doesn't work quite the same in other places. Um, and I don't know if it's people don't get it or if they're just not. I think there's, there's something really unique about the Toronto community that has formed through Buns. Yeah. Um, and it's really amazing to me. Like to come from LA where we do have a Buns trading zone, but I will post stuff and people will like not respond. Like people just don't. I don't know if they don't get it. Right. Or if it's like... I don't know, like people are kind of isolated or they drive everywhere and they're not paying attention to it or if it's the wrong demographic or what. But it was like really cool for me to get home and literally like a couple of days after I got here, like like to have that Xbox post happen, like, yeah, it's so heartwarming. Like, thank you, Buns, for being fantastic people. There's just something really magical about the Buns community in Toronto. You know what it is? We take our shoes off. Our <laughs> anyway, thanks, guys. And until next week. Keep on bunsing. Peace. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com. All right. So, yeah, like I said at the top of the show, interviews with Jamin and Alyssa. And it's all about Canada's 150 and uh, sort of indigenous rights and learning more and, uh, you know, not just focusing on the negative. Uh, very informative. It's a touchy subject, so I uh, hope I did it justice somewhat. Check it out, guys. Don't really care where it's coming from. Sometimes life is what it seems. Sometimes it tears at the seams. You wanna hey, guys. Welcome to the Buns Podcast Studio, my illustriously warm living room. So we are here. Actually, you know what? Why don't you guys introduce yourselves so people can know who's speaking when they speak? All right. My name is Jamin Shepard, and I work at uh, Buns Head Office. And uh, I guess we're going to be talking some indigenous subjects this week. So yeah. I am. Give some pe people some background as to who you are. Well, I'm Métis, uh, Machif Métis from, my family's from the Red River area in Manitoba, which is known as the Métis homeland. Um, grew up in Omishkego territory in Northern Ontario, which is Treaty 9 territory, just outside of Cochrane. And uh, that so happens to be also where the other podcasty here is from. Yeah, go ahead. Introduce uh, my yourself. Name is oh, get close. Closer. My name is Alyssa Gagno, and I'm an Indigenous student midwife. I go to Ryerson University. Um, I'm from Tequa Tagamu Territory, which is um, about an hour north of Timmins, Ontario. My family's from the James Bay. So I'm just going to uh, start off this conversation the same way I started off the last conversation I had on mic with Jamin, which is like... I am coming at this totally blind. I know nothing about anything. So I'm just going to play the layman here to this whole, this whole deal. And then we'll, you know, we'll sort it out. The, any wrath that you, you, Buns wants to throw at me, you can hit me up, you know, wherever you guys want to hit me up and just say, hey, you're a fucking idiot. Okay. So let's talk about, I don't even know where to start. Let's talk about, uh, is what, Aboriginal History Month? Yeah. Oh, wasn't it? But... Isn't there a specific day as well that... Yeah, Aboriginal, Aboriginal, National Aboriginal Day. That's coming up on Wednesday the 21st. That's right. Okay, so uh, let's kind of talk about that a little. Do you guys know, uh, if it's the whole month, why a specific day in the month as well? I'm not sure exactly why they chose only one day. Actually, there's a lot of push right now politically to get uh, National Aboriginal Day to be a stat holiday. Yeah. Which I kind of think suits everyone just fine. Yeah. It should be done. I think it is a stat holiday. Not in Ontario. Really? Because I was given the choice of taking 
it off or not. And I don't know if it's because I'm indigenous, but you also work in an indigenous organization. True. Yeah. No, no stat holiday for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I agree not just for the, for the time off, but just like maybe out of respect a little bit to, uh, to, you know, shut things down for a day. But uh, okay, so let's talk about specifically this month and Canada 150, because I feel like that's kind of a sore subject a little bit. It is. Yeah. Like, wh- I know... My stance on it is, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, Canada String 150, they're doing all this weird stuff with the tuning and shit. I'm like, okay, cool. But, like, clearly, you know, from your side of things, there's a little bit there's a little bit more to talk about there than just, like, cool pictures on tunies and, and a bunch of celebrations at Dundas Square, right? Yeah. Well, so, yeah, where do we start with that whole thing? Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Oh, yeah. I swore already. <laughs> I said I was a fucking idiot, so. <laughs> well, I say fuck Canada 150. Well, I mean, there's cle- so many reasons. Yeah, but clearly there's like some a- some anger there because, I mean, it's probably a little bit more than 150 years old to begin with. But like, why um, why do you think that this specific celebration has gotten people kind of riled up? Because, I mean, from what I gather online, it's not uh, you know there's a lot of people kind of unhappy about Canada 150. And from a from a layperson's perspective, I don't really know that much about it. So I, I want you to tell me why I should be upset or why you're upset. Well, I think there's, like Alyssa said, there's a ton of reasons that go into this and they kind of like cross the whole spectrum. Yeah. Um, on one part, you could say it's annoying because uh, celebrating, making a huge deal out of Canada's 150 years of existence is kind of uh, menial when compared to the approximate 13 to 14,000 years or more that indigenous people have lived on Turtle Island or North America. Um, so that's kind of like the nicer side of it. Yeah. The harder side of it is obviously we all know the history and I think that's, we don't just want to focus on like the shitty history that right. colonialism, uh, Canada's legacy of colonialism has had with its indigenous peoples in uh, in Aboriginal History Month, we want to focus on like celebrating cool history and whatnot. But in the context of Canada 150, like this country was built on the backs of Indigenous peoples, built on the genocide of Indigenous people, cultural and very real genocide as well. Right. So to celebrate um, the 150th anniversary of that sort of thing is kind of yeah. So that's a bit strange. That's kind of the other extreme. And then you ha- also have the half a billion dollars allocated funding-wise to celebrate this across the country. And some of that money is trickling into Indigenous communities, but still, it's yeah. half a billion dollars when there's over 100 reserves in Canada that don't have clean drinking water, uh, approximately 80 or so that are on permanent uh, boil water advisories, others that are more temporary, but still in a quote-unquote first world country yeah. when a bunch of its citizens don't have clean drinking water and also because of the Indian Act don't have an opportunity to move to a cleaner source of water. Yeah. Um, that's that's a huge issue, and we see that as as also an insult and a slap in the face, seeing like half a billion dollars invested in a party, right? Yeah, when there's very real problems, not just in indigenous communities in Canada, but there there are very real problems here to solve that that money could be going towards. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense because I imagine what's going on around the country isn't exactly cheap, and there's probably better ways that we could spend our money. But let's okay, let's let's d- divert from that for a second. Uh, well. Well, I'm sure we'll loop back around to it, but given that it's uh, Awareness Month, um, what sort of positive steps are being taken this month? Do you do you see anything like moving in the right direction? Well, culturally, I'd say in Canada, I, I think we're moving in the right direction. If you avoid the comment section under any indigenous-related <laughs> article on HuffPo, oh man! Um, but avoiding that, yeah, I think I think overall people are getting a better understanding of a lot of different topics. Like last time we sat down, we talked about cultural appropriation and yeah. stuff, and I definitely don't want to hash that out again. But I think people are, are starting to understand the nuances in that a lot more and appreciate indigenous culture and understand that they can partake in it. Yeah, and it's not like a forbidden thing. It's not like a this is ours, don't touch it. Right. You know, just tread lightly, I guess. Yeah, just like ask. Yeah. It's kind of like any other consent-based Inform yourself. Yep. So I'd say people in, in general are like looking to participate, looking... Like I, I one of my coworkers at Buns, I was telling him about, about going to a powwow, and he's like, can can I join? Can I, like, can I go to one of those? I'm like, absolutely. Come in. Buy some crafts. Like, yeah. Hang around, watch the dances. It's a lot of fun. Like, 
yeah, anyone yeah. is is invited to these festivities and not just the ones in national aboriginal month right and and so you you mentioned earlier that that you're working in the in the community do you like i guess because like you must be boots on the ground then do you notice things getting better um i don't know i mean right now i'm attending the um international confederation of midwives congress it's happening here in toronto right now and it happens every three years yeah um but there's a whole like indigenous itinerary and like indigenous speakers and workshops going on and so i think that's good that you know there's like four thousand midwives from all over the world here right now and they're learning about indigenous history and culture and is is there uh something specific to midwifery that uh, pertains to the indigenous culture and I don't really know well, much about it's either, been so. practiced here for like Jamin said like thousands of years yeah so I think that's what's like important about it or like significant and do you hope to service mostly the indigenous community when you become a midwife yes yeah mm-hmm. and is it I mean is it any different than doing midwifery anywhere else um, I'd say so. I mean, we're serving people who have been like oppressed for years. And so there's a lot of, I mean, like the social determinants of health, like race, class, gender, all those things, like right. they come into play. Um, you know, there's more children in foster homes than there was in residential schools. So it's Whoa. still, it's still happening. Like genocide is still very real. So I think midwives, indigenous midwives are working really hard to to change that and how large of a group is it the the midwife contingent uh, um, the indigenous midwife contingent well i think there's about 200 indigenous midwives i'm probably wrong with that number but yeah. i think there's about that um in canada like turtle island um and like the national aboriginal council of midwives they have like a mandate to have an indigenous midwife in every community in okay. the future so and, and is that so uh, people can specifically request it if, if need be or just just so that every community has a midwife um i guess so every community has a midwife like every person deserves like culturally safe health care right and is there is there special sort of um things that need to go into birthing somebody in the, in the indigenous community that like a standard midwife might not know about or might not have learned about well, I know in Toronto, um, like there's the Toronto Birth Center, which was like created by Indigenous midwives. Like they're the ones that really like pushed for it to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think like Indigenous midwives are really keen on incorporating traditional practices if their clients choose that, but they don't right, necessarily right. have to. Very interesting. I mean, a lot of Indigenous clients don't know what their traditional practices are because they've been oppressed or they just don't know because their grandparents went to residential schools. So is there, for you, is there an additional layer of, of learning that has to be done as far as those practices are concerned? Or, I mean, did you grow up with it? Or how does it, like, how does one sort of become a culturally sensitive professional like that? Um, well, I went to a workshop today that talked about humility. So just being, like, humble and, like, I don't know. It's yeah. hard to explain, but just knowing the history, like knowing the historical context. Right. Um, and our clients are the experts and we aren't. And trying to like balance out those like power dynamics between healthcare providers and, and clients. Right, right. And do you think that um, these sorts of like the event that you were at is kind of moving the needle in the right direction? I think so. I mean, if we're um, like sharing knowledge with midwives from all over the world i mean we like we have all of these issues here in canada um for indigenous people but i mean that's happening everywhere else as well like in new zealand like indigenous people there right. sort of face the same issues of of um colonization that we do so i, I know like one one thousandth of what Alyssa does about midwifery but there's also a type of land component in this as well where indigenous people are inherently very connected to the land that they're from where their family are from for generations and generations and uh not having accessible midwifery or doula care 
means having to often travel or be forced to travel as government policies have been hundreds of miles to go to a hospital be birthed by a doctor who's Whoa. not first in any of that yeah so midwifery care is is bringing back birth on the land itself and and that connection exactly and like for, even from a health perspective i imagine having to travel so far when something could possibly be wrong is uh is also probably pretty tr- troubling or, or problematic it's crazy yeah the cree people in northern quebec actually have to travel for every birth so even if there's like a normal low-risk birth they still have to leave their community and their children behind like well before they give birth so would this midwife initiative sort of help curb that i think so they just really need midwives (laughs) i can't even imagine what that would be like i mean i've lived in toronto my whole life so i'm kind of spoiled the farthest i have to travel is five minutes down the road so to have to go so far for something as routine, one would think, as giving birth is uh, is pretty crazy. So you got an article pulled up there. What's going on? What's going on on that computer screen? Oh, I was just, uh, I pulled up because I'm really bad with names. And I was going to bring up, well, I already kind of talked about a little bit about how it's National Aboriginal History Month. And yeah. And I think, I think what, and I don't really want to side with the, with the white settlers, so to speak, but I yeah. think... Everyone hears the negatives over and over and over again, right. and they feel like that that's all there is. And unfortunately, the negatives really do overshadow the positives. Mm-hmm. It's, it's where we are in history right now. Like, like our grandparents were in residential schools. That effect is being felt right now. It's going to take some time to get over that yeah, uh, and to honor that, so to speak. But um, I was just going to bring up, so Scott Gilmore, a well-known writer from McLean's, wrote this article. Uh, mm, couple weeks ago which got a lot of publicity and whatnot i think it was called something like imagine if this was your child or whatnot and then he went on to detail all the problems on on reserve right reserves in canada with like detailing about how like the hiv rate is higher than the sudan and like unemployment is higher than anywhere else in the world etc etc and uh he was called out by tons of indigenous people because he historically doesn't bring any indigenous people in to to speak in his articles and his writings yeah and it was kind of just sensationalizing the problems we know exist right and just this month is yeah we absolutely need to continue raising awareness about missing and murdered indigenous women about the uh, intergenerational effects of residential schools etc but this month is also about celebrating culture it's about round dancing it's about drumming it's about singing it's about getting back on the land it's yeah about going camping you know, it's about a lot more than just uh, honoring the things we do need to honor that that happened to us negatively. Right. Yeah. Not just focusing on 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 the negative. Well, so then let's talk about how people who aren't familiar with the culture can experience the culture in a in a positive and sort of um, educational way. What what are some ways that uh, you know someone like me can can go and figure out more about this? I mean, obviously you can you can. You can read and you can do stuff on the internet, but you mentioned like experiencing the cultural, the culture in a in a like a physical way, like a powwow or something like that. How, what, what are the the ways that I could kind of go and do that sort of thing? Google powwows 2017. Literally, this is uh, we're getting into what's called powwow season. There's and a whole powwow trail. Yeah, really. A lot of vendors, like craftspeople and whatnot, will will go from powwow to powwow, and it's called hitting the powwow trail singing on the powwow trail or selling at it or whatever it's like a summer thing yeah it, it happens a lot more in the summer because weather yeah so there's the big one up on six nations what's the name of that one i can't remember but it's one of the biggest powwows around on mohawk territory mm-hmm. just north of the city um there's nami res powwow coming up this weekend this saturday there's uh some festivities at fort york oh, really? on wednesday for uh, Aboriginal History Day, but this happens all summer long. There's tons of events to go to. There's, if you look, at, like you said, in Toronto, we have a, access to a lot of cool things, and there's right. lots of like uh, Indigenous media, whether it's uh, music, um, theater, etc. There's like tons of cool stuff to support, and that you will inevitably learn things at too. Yeah, and how how do you suggest? Because I feel like in today's culture, we have to be a little bit 
careful. The last time we spoke, we spoke for at length about appropriation. How do you suggest people kind of go about filtering out the stuff that is is good from from the stuff that maybe not so good, not knowing the difference between the two? Do you know what I mean? Not really. <laughs> I I kind of know what you mean. I think it's important not to romanticize like these events, like powwows. Like, oh, cool, I'm going to go to a powwow, like all this cool native stuff. But like, if you're going to buy a dream catcher, like actually try to like learn or ask someone like what it's about and not just be like, oh, this is a cool thing with feathers. Like, right. it's important to know what these crafts are, like what they're about. So tr- treat it more than just a trinket, you know, realize that it has some kind of cultural significance and you know i just like i i guess when you go to these events you know that everything is 100 percent legit but like my fear would be someone going out buying say like you said a dream catcher and then seeing a tag on it this is like made in china or something right yeah like i'm sure that happens there's definitely a, there's make your own dream catcher kits at dollarama i think oh shoot yeah that uh <laughs> Yeah, well, those are coming straight from China, too, I'm sure. Most likely. Okay, well, do you have any sort of online resources that you might be able to point people to if they want to learn more on their computers as we or our cell phones as we want to do? Well, in Toronto, there's the Native Canadian Centre. They always have really cool things going on and events, and they have, um, they have a website and a calendar with all their, like, workshops and... So any of you guys listening, I will put in the show notes of the show, the site for the Native Canadian Center so that you guys can can hit that up and find out a little bit more and, um, you know, educate yourself and then send me hate messages about how uneducated I am. But uh, yeah, anything else you want to let the people know while you've got the microphone? Because, you know, Buns is listening. Um... No, I just wanted to let everyone know this is a time to like learn some new stuff, appreciate history, and like it's it's not even just about appreciating our history. It's history is interesting. Yeah, we just um, well, I'm I'm Métis from the Red River, like we just celebrated two hundred the two hundred year anniversary like a week or two ago of the Battle of Seven Oaks, which was the first real battle fought on the plains or in the prairies to kind of determine Canada's history. And so this is like, think of context, Canada 150. This is another 50 years back. Okay. Where the, the French Cree half-breeds or Métis, we're known, were living a very kind of semi-nomadic life on the, on the plains, hunting buffalo, trading pemmican, involved in the fur trade. Yeah. And then the great old Hudson's Bay Company comes in and the, Mate, or the Northwest Company had a fort at the at the crossing of the Red River and the Assiniboine River, and the HBC comes in and builds a fort just like a kilometer or two upriver, and say that the Northwest Company and its Métis suppliers can no longer trade pemmican, and this was to cut off the their ability to trade furs in the north to supply their fur traders in the north and whatnot, and so governor semple i think his name was went to confront the metis because they they, now they're upset and he went to cut them off when they're coming back from a buffalo hunt and he takes a bunch of his men and confronts some 20 odd metis people and every single one of them die except for one and one metis person died as well you don't mess with buffalo hunters they were marksmen so that was the battle of seven oaks it ended i think in 20 minutes metis declared victory but 50 years later, the Dominion of Canada existed here in Southern Ontario, and their second province was to be Manitoba, and they bought what was known as Rupert's Land from uh, the Hudson's Bay Company. So there's a lot of like really interesting history. It was, it was pretty shitty what yeah. happened. I mean, you have to think about like what gave the Hudson's Bay Company the right to sell land. Right, right. Like, just because they had come a couple hundred years earlier and were like, okay, this is our this land. This is ours now, yeah. And then they sold it to the Dominion of Canada. And the entire time, the Métis people, First Nations of the area, were like, under, like, what gives you the right to own this land, just to, to call yourselves masters of this land? So that's where, like, a lot of the history trickles down from, are those purchases, those land claims, etc. Yeah. Well, I think that... Uh... There's a lot to, I think it shows that there's a lot to think about when you, uh, you know, like I said at the top of the show, it's more than just uh, pretty tunies and, you know, 
celebrations in Dundas Square. There's a lot of history involved, and there's a lot of history that goes back a lot further than 150 years that we should probably educate ourselves about. And I imagine that, uh, at, at least at this point, there's probably a lot of literature that you can you can get to to read about. And I'm hoping that I don't, I mean maybe you can speak to this more than I can, but do they teach this sort of stuff in schools these days? Has it has it gotten any better? Because I know when I was in school, there was none of there was really none of that, you know. Hudson's Bay wasn't. Uh, they were the good guys, right? My so great 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 grandpa worked for the Hudson Bay Company. Yeah, I had um, I had a great 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 uncle who also worked for the Hudson's Bay Company. <laughs> there you go. But he was also then uh, involved in the rebellion, the the first rebellion with Louis Riel. Uh, when Canada basically came in and just tried to take over Manitoba and what resulted in the province of Manitoba coming into existence. But yeah, my great, great, great uncle, Pierre Delorme, was on Louis Riel's provisional government of Assiniboia, which he hastily assembled when he heard that Canada was going to come and try and take over. And uh, Louis Riel and others used to go meet at his house and, and make plans to resist the dominion of Canada. Sounds like a movie. Yeah. That, uh, so I think the takeaway here from this conversation is, uh, you know, as much as Canada 50 is gonna, 150 is going to be in your face, like you said, all weekend, all weekend, excuse me, all summer, there's uh, all sorts of indigenous celebrations that people can partake in. And you don't necessarily have to be indigenous to partake in them. So, you know, go to the show notes, check out the website, get some information and, uh, learn more about Canada's history than just the 150 years that uh, they want us to celebrate. Yeah, go to some festivities, jump into a round dance. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. To me, uh, Canada 150, it's a contentious subject. The fact is, Canada has accomplished some, some good things as well. I mean, we're taking in refugees from all over the world. We're doing some good. We're also dealing arms to the Saudis. We're doing all sorts of terrible things too. But Canada does do good things. It's, it's, it's just about taking things in context. What non-Indigenous people can do is take a look at what your kid's curriculum is in school. Push for a little bit more education. Yeah. You know, we're not asking for only Indigenous history to be taught, but we kind of want the real history to be included as well. Yeah, a little so bit of both sides there. Yeah, just remember, if you do choose to celebrate Canada 150, remember what else is happening in the country. Remember the people who don't get to celebrate. Remember the people who don't get clean drinking water. Etc. It's everything is just taking taking it with a grain of salt. We're not trying to shit all over everyone's parade. Yeah, just yeah. recognize but, your privilege. Yeah, yeah, and support local midwives. Yes, right? yeah, please. Culturally sensitive midwives. All right. Well, thanks for uh, making the trek down this way and chatting with me and sw- sitting in my sweat box of a studio. Uh, I really appreciate it. Hopefully, you come back next year, and we have better things to say. Maybe. Maybe you don't you don't look all that hopeful. He's smiling. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks guys. Thank you. Bye. Miigwech. Spend my life spitting bars now I'm trapped behind them for crimes I committed. Is provided by Mirian. I don't have a lot of information on the band. Just an email that says, "Hey, I saw your post about podcast tunes. Hope you like this one." Got a couple more too. Anyways, this song is called Stone by Mirian. That is M-I-R-I-A-N. And if I can find a website for them, I will post it in the show notes. So check that out. Here is Stone. My life's made of stone. I'm trying to make it. Original mode, but I cannot shape it. Memories flow in and out of windows, everything goes. I wanna make love, don't really care where it's coming from. Sometimes life is what it seems, sometimes it tears at the seams. You wanna just pick up and leave. Spend my life spitting bars, now I'm trapped behind them for crimes I commit. Is it passion or pride that keeps me in it? My 
Everything goes 